my clients come in and you can see they're coming in for a workout and they're like, man, I'm thinking about just asking you for some treatment. I don't think I can get through it today. <laughs> right, I'm right, not right. feeling it. Is, is it an injury? It's like, no, just I'm not feeling the workout. I was like, listen, let's just get it started. Let's just start with one exercise at a time. Let's get that breathing right. Let's get position right. And the next thing you know, they're 45 minutes into the workout and they'll look at me and a huge smile on their face. It's like, man, thank you for making me do that. I can't tell you how great I feel right now. Yeah, man. Sometimes you, you have an exercise in front of you and you're like, man, I don't know. I don't know if I can do 10 reps of this. But you get into it and at rep five or six, you're like, man, I got this, right? And then the whole day ends up being like that. Uh, so I love using like workouts and exercise as a metaphor for like how the day, how the day is going and maybe how your life is going, right? Let's go. What's up, everybody? My name is Aaron Wexler, and welcome to another episode of Within the Game. Let's go. Within the Game is all about how to treat your craft and your life like a game so that you can have more fun, be the best version of yourself, and stay inspired both in and out of your game. We talk about personal growth, mindset, expansion, and how to use the law of attraction to be the best version of yourself. Let's go. Today's guest is the one and only Dr. Chad Moreau. Chad, you know I'm a huge fan, man. We go back like two decades now, and I'm so excited to have you on the show, man. Thank you so much for being here, bro. Excited. I've been looking forward to this for months and months. We've been talking about this for a while, so here we go. <laughs> Let's go, man. Dr. Chad, you are a master per, uh, performance trainer, chiropractor, and healer. You're the owner and head trainer at Back to Function in Lomita, California, a healthcare facility dedicated to spine, extremity, and soft tissue injuries. You've worked with the LA Dodgers, LA Lakers, LA Kings, and you continue to help your loyal clients feel better, perform better, and truly feel like a family. Your website is backtofunction.com. Your IG is at BTFDoc. You can also find him on uh, YouTube, Dr. Chad. Let's go. Okay, here it is. <laughs> All right, man. I always like to start with this uh, question for everybody. What does inspired living mean to you, man? You know what? I think for me, it's just doing what I love to do. I mean, I get to do it every day. Like literally every day, I get to do exactly what I want to do. And uh, like, how can you complain about that? It's just like the best. Yes, man. And you you remember, of all people, you remember when I started this thing, you know, and I I was doing this book. I was right in the middle of this book of, of writing this, in, uh, The Inspired Athlete. I was doing all these interviews and I, I just decided to publish- one? You yes, let's book? go. Let's yep. go. And I decided to publish these these um uh these amazing interviews that I was doing just like this the, over Zoom. And so here we are. And you know, full circle moment, you know, you of all people have been a part of my personal journey and um my uh desire to become the inspired athlete, right? That's that's been my whole journey. Is like how do I become more of an inspired athlete? So so talk about that from your perspective of of working with I I think you've worked with, you know, inspired athletes your whole career. How would you define an inspired athlete? Uh, guys like you. I mean, let's be <laughs> honest, man. Like every time you come into the office, I get so excited to see you. I've been seeing you for a long time, right? You go way back, you know, when I started my practice, you know, you, you set up a practice and you're like, okay, I want athletes to come here, but how's it going to happen? And I yeah. think uh, an orthopedic surgeon, a buddy of mine that you had been seeing for your knee, if I can divulge that information, yeah, I know absolutely. it's in your book. So I know it's, yep. I know it's, uh, it's personal, but it's out there in the yep. community. 
but uh, you got referred to me by an orthopedic surgeon in Manhattan Beach. And, um, you know, again, I wanted to see athletes. And now here's this guy, Aaron Wexler, coming in, beach volleyball. I didn't know a ton about beach volleyball. I'm a Canadian guy. So, you know, moved down here, go to chiropractic college, stayed down here. And I got a beach volleyball guy in. And uh, he'd come in. You come in just wearing your 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 trunks, basically, you know, no <laughs> shoes, stand on your feet. And I was like, okay, this is awesome. I'm starting to feel like uh, I'm fitting in California, you know, in sunny Southern California. So, um, you know, you're one of those guys that you're definitely like a special guy to me coming in. I love seeing you and uh, you're still doing it. So it's like awesome. You know, we, we're both getting longer in the tooth, but we're still doing it. So it's awesome. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Man, uh, it's so cool thinking back. And and you mentioned Dr. Uh, well, I'm going to mention Dr. Uh, Fader. And Fader, I, I did get the recommendation to come in um, um, to work with you after surgery. And and let's talk about that, right? Because you get a lot of recommendations from from people coming off of surgeries or injuries, and you're like an like a rehab specialist. And and just for the audience, I, I want to share my personal story with you because after that second surgery, I was, I was very uninspired, right? I was at UCLA. I was like, it, 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 I went through the same injury on my right knee a couple years prior. And then I had this exact same injury, the medial meniscus injury. And it just really crushed me, man. And, and you really helped me. I remember driving down to your facility, um, I think three times a week. And you just really helped me with the whole whole package of healing like that even the mindset it was just a subtle way of just like hey you got this man let's go you got it and you you really helped me stay focused on my path of not just you're not you're not just going to come back to the court you're going to come back stronger right yeah you I know what want, it's yeah. yeah well it's ups and downs right like like athletes and and uh everybody else i mean when you have an injury there's the good days and there's those, there's those bad days you just have to kind of keep pushing I think for me, just being able to work with a lot of different athletes over the years, I think what happens is you just start you start to see those uh, those these peaks and valleys, if you will, in people's recovery. But as an athlete, sometimes you've only had a couple injuries, so you don't know, okay, what's happening here? Like, am I ever going to get better? Mm -hmm. So I think for us, one of our major goals is to keep athletes focused and dialed into like, listen, we're in a little valley now, but we're going to get back to that next peak. We just got to keep pushing towards it, right? And, um, you know, I think uh, that's what you're talking about. It's so valuable, man. And that's another reason why I wanted to highlight you uh, here in this container, because that feeling of being injured as an athlete, it can really be debilitating for a lot of people. It can crush people and it can actually end someone's career, even a small injury, right? Just getting over that mental hurdle of like, okay, I actually can come back from this. And I actually can not just come back, but I can be stronger and just get like buying into that. It, it does take sometimes, even for me, it takes someone like you to nudge and be like, hey, you got it. Let's go, man. Come on. Let's go. You know, yeah, and no, I, I just yeah. I just want to acknowledge you for that because it's really valuable because a lot not everyone has access to that. No, no, exactly. I know. I know exactly what you're talking about. And we see that in everybody that comes in the office. Right. Even if it's a, if it's you know, it's going to be a short lived injury. You still need somebody that's giving you that confidence. That's like, hey, listen, you're going to be OK. Here's the three things that we're going to do to get this injury to a point where you're not feeling it, you get back to doing the things you want to do, whether it's play beach volleyball, or you just want to be like, uh, you know, be able to go to work and not have pain all the time while you're right. like, working on the computer. I mean, that's, I mean, this is what we're dealing with with people in the community, right? It's just making yep. people basically feel better 
And uh, there's different ways we can do it. I mean, we have different approaches and way we can get kids, the way we can get people to feel like that. And uh, I mean, I think that's why we've been successful, you know, since 2004 working with people is uh, just keeping them like motivated, keeping them inspired, right? So let's go, man. Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. Let's go. So, so let's talk about that. Let's talk about the back to function holistic approach to training, because in my perspective, you know, I've been there since basically day one, almost, you know, you you've taken this holistic approach. Um, talk about that. Talk about the holistic approach. Talk about where it comes from and talk about how you've been able to let it evolve. Yeah, you know, what's funny is like, you know, for me, my background growing up, uh, my mom had back pain and she goes see a chiropractor and she'd bring, bring me and my brother along every now and then. And it's like, didn't really understand it. Somebody would just crack some stuff on us. Didn't really know what was going on. <laughs> yeah. You know, I played I played a lot of hockey growing up in Canada and then I really got into track and field. I was a, a shot put discus guy through a little bit of hammer uh, down in South Carolina. But the, uh, you know, as you're, as you're an athlete and doing the thing, you're starting to have issues, right? And you, you want to try to find help for it. So for me, chiropractic just made sense. I mean, you know, sometimes you go to see a trainer and they'd hand you uh, some pills to take, right? And I, was right, like, oh, right. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if this is the, what I want to do, right? I want to be a little more natural than this. What else could I do? So you see these, you see different chiropractors through your career, uh, as an athlete, um, and uh, they help you kind of get to that place where you're, man, I, now I can train, I can get in the gym, I can do some heavy lifts, I'm not having a bunch of back pain. Um, you know, you can get it, you can get out to your sport and start and start performing the way you want to perform. And so for me, chiropractic just made perfect sense, right? So I always wanted that approach, I wanted that natural approach, can we do things without uh, using medications? Can we try to help people avoid surgeries? Uh, is there some way we can actually make people um, uh, more uh, bulletproof, if you will, right? Let's through go, nutrition, yeah. through exercise, right. through rehab, through repositioning strategies. So my whole my whole passion and practice has been to get people as injury proof or bulletproof as possible, right? And uh, you know, injuries are still going to occur. I mean, you no, know, sometimes life is stressful and we get a little broken down. But if we can make our people as indestructible as possible, um, it ends up being great for business because they don't have to see us as much chiropractic wise. Uh, but, you know, half of our facility is a gym and we do all this rehab training and fitness training there. A lot of people just kind of pass over the uh, the generic gym to train with us because they know that we're going to have an approach that keeps them healthy and in one piece moving forward and doing all the things they'd rather do with performing sports or just going to work and being comfortable. Right. So, you know, for me, I always wanted that that kind of that whole package um, uh, kind of facility where people could come and they could get. Uh, all, all the things that we offer, the nutrition, the fitness training, we have a Pilates instructor who's freaking awesome, right? So um, those are things that you, know, you kind of have to go different places to find. You know, for us, chiropractic, we do the soft tissue work all in office. So all these things we try to put in one place so that people uh, feel like we're kind of covering all aspects of their, of their health and their, like their um, uh, durability, if you will. So yeah. So, that, I mean, that's, yeah, I mean, you know, for me, like this, again, this was like the kind of the dream of how to design it, how to put it together. This episode is brought to you by new sponsor of the show, Ready Fit Go. Ready Fit Go is a new meal prep company based out of Hermosa Beach, California, and they offer delicious and nutritious pre-made meals that cater to everyday people, athletes, and entrepreneurs. If you're like me, taking time to go to the grocery store, cook, and do meal prep in a healthy way can be a challenge. Ready Fit Go provides a great solution to this challenge as they offer over 70 options 
options from hot meals to salads to desserts to snacks, and they offer a wide range of choices for all types of dietary needs. Ready Fit Go is offering within the game listeners 30% off their entire menu. Go to rfghealthyfoods.com and use code GAME30. That's capital G, lowercase a, M E, the number 30 for the discount. Also, if you are near Hermosa Beach, you can check out their store in person to see all their options. They are located at 1025 Pacific Coast Highway in Hermosa Beach, California. Thank you, Ready Fit Go, for sponsoring the episode. Let's go! And every, like, kind of every year, it gets closer and closer to being that thing that I really wanted to be, you know? And talk about that a little bit. Talk about having a vision for something and, and, and like, shaping it and letting it evolve at the same time. Yeah, I mean, the biggest thing is just money, right? Because it's like, if you just have a ton of money in your pocket, you can just rent the biggest facility and just or buy the biggest facility and put everything you want in it and hire all the people you want. But the reality is, I mean, doing business in Southern California, you kind of have to like figure out, okay, like, what do I, what do I have available to me as far as resources and what can we do with that? And I think that the beauty of it is that the deeper into it that I, I, I go, the more I realize that you don't need very much. Right. What, you really need, <laughs> right. what you really need is you need to care about people. And that's the biggest thing, you know, yeah, somebody man. walks in the door and it doesn't matter if it's like the nicest facility with the, with the waterfall in the background and like the most fancy equipment, what people really want is they want to be heard and they yep. want somebody that really genuinely cares about them. And uh, to me, that's the, that's the easiest part. I mean, caring about people is like the easiest part of the, of the program. And, um, you know, for me, finding other people working in our facility, that's the key piece. And I, that's where I'm blessed. I have all these people that really care about the people that walk through the door. And that is like the ticket to success right there. Yeah, man. I, you know, and, and you know me personally, right? Because I've been there for a long time and I've, I've seen, you know, part, you know, your staff come and go. But the people that you attract to work with you all buy into what you just talk about. And, and it goes into my next thing, which is creating an environment to be successful, right? Not just as an entrepreneur like both of us are, but for everyone who comes in the door, including your staff, including all the, the clients and including the mailman that comes in, right? Just this, this environment that you have created and I've watched you create, I've watched you expand and create this place where it's so desirable to come to. You know, I told you, like, I'd be there every day if I could, you know, because it's, it's, it's a place that I just want to be in. And it's, it's, there's no question why some people linger around, including me, like I, after our sessions, I'll just hang out there. But talk about that. Talk about the environment that you've created and you continue to kind of keep up. Yeah, that's the thing. And you just said it, you know, it's like, you know, your typical, the typical doctor's office, you go, you get the thing that you need from them. And then you can't wait to get out of there, right? And yeah, get back exactly. onto your, your, go on your merry way. The, the cool thing I think that we've created in our environment, like in our, in our healthcare facility is we have this environment where people actually want to hang around. A lot of people will come early for their visit just because they want to like chat with a few people that they, that they know uh, it, it becomes a community. And I think that's yeah. the biggest thing, right? You get a community yeah. of people where you could, you could probably think of 10 people at the top of your head right now that you actually know at back to function. <laughs> and when you go there, you're like, Hey, what's up? You know, yep. and they're, they're not people you see in your daily life. They're not beach volleyball people. They're just like people from different walks of life than you. But when you come to the office, you know those people. You know them by they, by name. They know you. Everybody knows you as Wex, right? It's like, oh, Wex is here. So it, it's kind of fun to go to a place where it's not just uh, like, you know, cookie cutter and you're just a number. 
but you're actually like uh, a genuine person that everybody cares about. And it's not even just us. I mean, there's, we have clients that legitimately will hang out in the waiting room just to say hi to people and talk to them because it's a community. Right. And I think that's like, um, you know, it, it makes it really fun to go to work. Right. If it, I can even call it work, I don't know if I can call it work. No, it's yeah, but, exactly. But to go there to the place, the thing that I do, it makes it really enjoyable because you hear people's stories and you hear what they're up to. And, you know, they talk about the Kings game they're at or whatever it is that's going on. Um, and then they get to talk about a Kings game and then see somebody maybe from the Kings walk in the door. And then it's like, oh, it's exciting, right? Because right? you get to see an athlete that, <laughs> yeah. you know, maybe was somebody that you were like watching do the do their sport the day before, right? So, um, and, and then everybody's cool with it, right? It's like we have athletes talking to people that were just like in the crowd watching them do something the day before. And it's kind of cool and fun. And it's not even like awkward anymore. It's not about like hounding people for autographs. It's just, you just want to know, uh, you know, what their day is like and what's going on with them. And it's, uh, it just ends up being a cool environment. Yeah, man. So, you know, a big part of my project is mindset. I'm really interested in this idea of champion mindset. And what you're talking about right now is the mindset of, of getting better, right? Like, like when I'll, I'll just tell you my personal mindset, every time I drive down to come to one of your sessions, my mindset is Wex, let's go. Let's it's time to get better as a person, as in your body, with your spirit, like it's a it's a holistic vibe of like, let's go get better. This is your time. Can you talk a little bit about the mindset that that you see in the people that come down there and that you would like to see? You would like to see more of this champion mindset in your people? No, I mean, you know, that's that's one of our, I think one of the biggest things that I wanted to do is I want to treat everybody that walks through the door like they're a high level athlete. Yeah. And some, some people might feel like that's intimidating, but I, but once they see how it is to be treated like an athlete, you never want to go anywhere else. You don't want to get treated like anything else. Right. Cause you might just be a recreational tennis player playing on the women's team for the PB country club or whatever it is. Right. Uh, but you definitely want to be treated like an athlete and you want that high level care. Cause you might be putting two, three hours a day into your craft. i.e., playing tennis, even though obviously you're not turning pro, but you're having fun playing with other women you're playing the game and you want to be treated like, like an athlete, or it could be just somebody that's just like, man, I just want to get uh, my ankle better. So I can like walk on the beach with my, with my, with my wife or, you know, with my, uh, with my friend or whatever it is. Um, you know, that's an athletic endeavor and you got to get your body right to be able to do that. And people have injuries that sometimes, you know, preclude them from doing all the little things they want to do during the day. So I think for us, treating everybody like they're an athlete is a, is a powerful weapon for us, right? Because like they get the best care. Nobody's less than anybody else, whether it's a pro athlete or somebody just wants to take that walk on the beach and not have ankle pain, hold them back. Um, everybody gets that athletic approach. And I think for us, it's like, you know, being an athletic guy in the, in the past and having that athletic mindset, uh, being able to use that for my clients has been a really powerful thing. Cause I think people really like that. They really appreciate being treated like that. Right. Yeah, so for sure. Yeah. And, and, and talk a little bit about specifically champion mindset. You you've worked with a lot of champions, you know, you've made me a champion in, in uh, a lot of different little tournaments that I've played. Um, what, what is it about the champion mindset that you have noticed over the years that, that can be relatable to anybody that can help people? Well, I mean, 
I think that's a big thing, right? It's like, you know, we're not just working with bodies, but we're working with like a mind that's attached to the body and the mind's controlling what's happening to the body, right? So um, there's so many different ways we can go with this. I mean, we're a little bit lucky in that we have, you know, as a client of ours, and I know he's been a guest on your show before, a great sports psychologist, uh, Dr. Mike. Let's go, Mike Gervais, let's go. Yeah, heck yeah. So he's just like, uh, I mean, uh, you know, the good thing about me that I think is like, I got really lucky that we had a group of hockey players kind of like the, I would say like the mid, mid 2000s, 2005, to 2010. And we were lucky enough to have Dr. Mike come over and do like this champion mindset kind of stuff Let's with go. them, you know, as a group and then one-on-one with players that really wanted it. So you get to hear like a guy that really gets it, talk about like that mindset and what it's like to be like, you know, a winner all the time, like always have that winning mindset. Right. And uh, that's, that's really tough for people. Like even a lot of really high level athletes have, have trouble just staying confident all the time. I mean, you have a, you have a chat, you have a chapter in your book, right. About like confidence. I think confidence is a really tricky thing. I've seen Mm -hmm. even really high level athletes that you would look at and say like, you know, you, you, we'd look at it and we'd say, wow, these guys have it all, you know, it's like great athlete, you know, he's winning all the time. But the reality is uh, there's days where these guys don't feel like winners and they have to try to find that again, right? They have to try to find that confidence and that champion mindset. And I think for a lot of us, that's like an ongoing battle. Like every day, you know, you have, you sometimes, some days we have easy days, right? Where we're just cruising through, everything is going great. We we make every green light on the way to the office. (laughs) Everybody gets better. Everybody's high-fiving us. And we're like, man, I'm going home. Uh, I feel like I need to celebrate, you know, because it's just a, such a great day. And then there's other days where, you know, like, man, everything's kind of going sideways on you and you got to figure out how to get it back on track. And those are the days that I think you really have to be strong mentally to figure out how you're going to turn it around. Right. And um, yes, uh, those are the days that I think we're all like challenged. Like, how, how are we going to get through it? How are we going to get over that hump? And I think it goes back to the peaks and valleys. Right. Sometimes you get stuck in a little valley. You have to figure out, you know, what's the quickest way to get back to the peak. So I'm feeling at the top of my game again. So I think a lot of that, you know, is right here. It just happens right inside our head, right? Like, how are we going to get to that next spot? Uh, so we start feeling like we're winning the game again. And, um, you know, it's almost like the human condition, right? Like, how do we always, how can we get that feeling of success and just keep it going and, you know, keep it like, you know, making it a majority of our day? Well, um, okay. Yeah, well, one thing you've taught me over the years is to break break it down into just the, focus on the next breath, Wex. Like that's a win for me yeah. to know that that works back to champion mindset. If like if I'm overthinking, I'm working, you know, I'm working on my core and adductor strength and all this stuff, and I'm trying to get back to the court, and it's very frustrating. But if I could just get back to that breath and like really focus on the breath you know, and really focus on the the small little movements. To me, that's a win. That's part of champion mindset because I'm really locking in on my focus, right? Yeah. It, it, you know what? I look at it like this. Some of my clients come in and you can see they're coming in for a workout and they're like, man, I'm thinking about just asking you for some treatment. I don't think I can get through it today. <laughs> right, I'm right, not right. feeling it. That's right. And I'm like, Do you have, is, is it an injury? It's like, no, just I'm not feeling the workout. I was like, listen, let's just get it started. Let's just start with one exercise at a time. Yeah. Let's just go. It, it sounds cliche, but just one rep at a time. Just focus on the rep, right? Focus on your breathing. You just said it. Let's get that breathing right. Let's get position right. Let's just start moving the body. Let's get the heart rate to start to elevate. 
And the next thing you know, they're 45 minutes into the workout and they'll look at me and a huge smile on their face. It's like, man, thank you for making me do that. I can't tell you how great I feel right now. Yeah, man. Yeah. And like as, as the trainer guy, that's like the great feeling, but they have the great feeling. They're walking out the door and they, the rest of the, like, I've had people tell me, man, the rest of my day, I, that workout on Tuesday, the rest of my day was just freaking awesome. Yeah. So thanks for making me do that. And, uh, you know, I think that's what exercise can do for us, right? Is it gets us sometimes out of a little funk and over that, over that, or out of the valley into that peak zone, right? And uh, then the rest of the day ends up being an awesome day. So sometimes you just got to battle a little bit to get there, right? And I think that's why I think exercise and like training and uh, fitness training is a great metaphor for that. Because sometimes you, you have an exercise in front of you and you're like, man, I don't know. I don't know if I can do 10 reps of this, but you get into it and at rep five or six, you're like, man, I got this. Right. And then the whole day ends up being like that. I'm on rep five, you know, in the middle of the day, it's like, I know I'm going to get the rep 10. I'm just going to keep, I'm going to keep doing it. I'm going to keep breathing, keep focusing on my technique and keep, keep working towards that goal. Right. So, uh, so I love using like workouts and exercise as a metaphor for like how the day, how the day is going and maybe how your life is going. Right. So. And, and talk about a, like being surrounded with, by this mindset more often, right? Like being surrounded by champion mindset, listening to people like this, like, and maybe like distant, distancing yourself from like negativity, right? Because that's big. That's a big yeah. part of this whole picture, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. You know what? And, you know, this is where I, I'll draw on like some of the great athletes that I've got, I've gotten to work with in the past. You get to see like what it's what it took for them to be a winner right and a champion yeah and like you know how fun it is to have those guys in my facility whether it's a treatment room or in the gym training with me and i was just like talk talk tell me tell me everything that you do tell me the books that you read tell me the podcasts you listen to you know what is it about you that like kind of got you to the point where you were a winner and you were a champion and you raised the stanley cup or you held on to like that world series trophy like what got you to that point right so it's really fun to be able to see athletes that kind of hit that top level and let's be honest it's not just athletes i have people that come into my office who crushed it and crush it in business right and i love hearing those people talk like that's the greatest thing about my office is 45 minute workout 45 minute treatment so you come into my office and we're doing treatment and i'm talking to you about your injury your diagnosis and what we're going to do to fix it then I can't wait for you to start talking about all the things that you're doing and all the things you're thinking, because I'm learning. I'm not just, I'm not just the guy that's like doing stuff to you and I get nothing back. You know, I can't wait for you to tell me all the things that you're doing. Cause I'm picking out pieces of stuff from your life. that are making my life better. Right. So you get these business people that have just crushed it and have made like hundreds of millions of dollars. How did you do that? That's right. freaking awesome. Right. Yeah, so it's yeah. not just athletes that like hit that ballot that, you know, that, you know, the peak, but some of these business people are doing, they're just, they just crushed it in their, in their business world. How did they get there? What was their mindset? How did they do it? You know, what yeah. do they give, what do they give up? What do they sacrifice to get to that point? And that's the, that's it. I think that's the biggest thing that a lot of us miss, right? As you see people doing rally, like, oh man, he's lucky. You know, he's a God given ability. It's like, sure. What else did he do though with that God giving ability that got him to that point where he's succeeding and he's crushing, crushing, you know, his whole that whole like you know zone of his life and he's doing so great what sacrifices did he make to get there and that's the biggest thing that i think people miss that are maybe just not quite getting to that like that goal that they want whether it's making more money or being more successful or like winning you know in their sport and it's the sacrifices right like you hear what these people have done to to get to the top of the game and it's all about sacrifice they've given up a lot of stuff to get to that point because it was worth it for them 
you know, in the end, looking back, they probably wouldn't have done it any different because the sacrifices were worth it because they're winning. Let's go, man. Loving this conversation right now. Um, I want to transition a little bit into EQ, emotional intelligence, right? Because emotional intelligence fits with this whole picture, Chad, of this idea of staying inspired and like finding personal growth within your game, right? This is what, that's kind of what my whole message of stay inspired is. I want to bring you back to a little bit of a memory here. There was one workout that I had with you probably over 10 years ago, maybe 15, where I was pretty upset. I came into your office, I was upset. And I wasn't upset really with you or with anybody, but I just had this anger in me. And I didn't really talk to you during that workout. Do you remember that at all? I don't know if I do. I don't know. If I, I went, I, okay, it was a long time ago, but it was my best workout. I, and it was very, it's memorable for me because I, I went in there. Wait, we wait, were, wait, we, you, you weren't talking? No, I didn't say a word. Come we, on. I don't know if I ever remember you not coming in with a bunch <laughs> of stuff to say. That's like, that's I didn't the, talk. That's we, when you we, said, I'm doing a podcast. I was like, yeah, no, no surprise. No. This no was a surprise. long time. This was in the, the smaller gym. Okay. And okay. we were, and we were lifting heavy. And I, I remember being upset and I remember firing myself up. Like, come on, let's go, Wex. Like, this is a lot of weight. This is more weight than I'm used to. You had the little Nintendo thing on there. I wanted to like really. Nintendo, yeah. Yeah, yeah I really wanted yeah. to get it going. I bring that up because um, sometime now that I'm a little bit more interested in this idea of EQ, EQ is emotional intelligence. It's how to use our emotions as fuel, right? How, it's not just that uh, we're being aware that we're like upset or anger or angry or um, maybe even a little down and, you know, depressed even because the whole idea of stay inspired, you can't be like inspired all the time. That's not even what I'm suggesting. I'm just, I'm suggesting stay on that trajectory, stay on that path. But when we have these moments of like, maybe like a lower vibe um, uh, emotion, and we're still wanting to get better. How do we use those emotions as fuel? Like that day when I was like, you know what? I'm upset. I'm going to use this anger and I'm going to try to get, I'm because you know, when you're lifting heavy, sometimes anger is good. Like you, mm -hmm. you, you, you tell me sometimes, Hey, let's go. Let's fire it up a little bit. Yeah, yeah. But I want to unpack that a little bit. How, how do we as athletes and how do you as a trainer kind of, kind of like get that EQ going so that it can all be used as fuel. Yeah, no, that's an interesting one, right? Like hey, sometimes you got to ramp people up a little bit. Yeah. And that's 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 the fun part about being in a gym, right? Because it's like when you're doing fitness training, sometimes it's not all just really smiley and having a great time. Right. Hey, sometimes we're we're grinding, right? You're just grinding in there and you got to dig down a little bit deeper um, than you would during the rest of your day. And uh, yeah, so you're right. Sometimes you'll use frustration and anger and yeah. drive it towards an exercise. And that's not a bad thing at all. Right. I mean, think about that. Think about how, think about how much better society would be that if that everybody was that was frustrated and anger or, or or angry just went to the gym and just man threw some weights on the on the bar and and did a uh, you know five sets of deadlift rather than yeah. taking out rather than taking out on people around you, right? Yeah. Take it out on the weights. The weights don't care. That's why I always tell people, right? The the bar doesn't have any feelings. You're right, not going right. to hurt the bar's feelings. So get in there, grab onto it. You know, squeeze that thing you know bang it around a little bit right um so i mean for me that's like one of the, my favorite parts of the workout right is sometimes you're not having the best day and you got to get a little frustration out and the take you know I, I always say take it out on the weights take it out in the weight room so you go home and you get to like you know smile at your dog and you know be nice to your family versus 
you know, going home frustrated and angry, right? So yeah, I mean, let's be honest, we all need exercise, right? And like not, not most of us don't have, you know, beach volleyball as our, as our profession, <laughs> right? Let's be honest, I think most of us have a job that we're, we're contained, you know, we have to maybe wear like a, you know, a tie to work or whatever, and we're working on a computer and people are like pressing on us all day to do stuff. So like, I mean, you got to, you got to get yourself to the gym. You got to throw the weights around a little bit. And sometimes like that anger um, is a useful uh, emotion when you're in the yeah. gym working out. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah, no, it's huge. And what do you say to the, to the person out there listening who used to be me? And, and really, sometimes I go through this too, where I really love working out. I love it. But sometimes I don't feel like it. I don't, I, I actually feel unmotivated sometimes or uninspired. What do you say to that person in that moment? Man, let, let me be your trainer. <laughs> a, no, I mean, that's the thing. That's, I mean, listen, let's be honest. Some of us are really self-motivated. We can just go to a, a generic gym and run our own workouts. Maybe we found our workouts and our workout in men's fitness or whatever. Uh, you go and you run your own workout. That's awesome. But, you know, a lot of people need a little push, right? They need a little guidance. They need some structure to their workout. They need somebody to design something for them. And then they need somebody that's like, you know, the coach, right? That says, okay, here's what we're going to do. And we're going to do it this way right now. Let's go, you know, and, uh, you know, kind of keep, uh, keep going, you know, that a boy, that a gal kind of thing. Um, you know, so everybody's different makeup on that, right? Like I literally have some people that come and train with me and I see them like two, three times a week, let's say. And, uh, I say like, Hey, you can try this stuff on your own. If you want to go to the gym, and he's like, no, I can't remember any of this stuff. It's like, well, they're like, they're like, you don't understand. I have so many things going on. I run my own business, you know, they might be really successful people and they're just crushing it, but remembering the workout and then reproducing it on their own, that's just not mine. They don't have that mind space at all. Yeah. They're, they're super successful and they're doing all this great stuff and they're crushing it and, you know, making way more money than you could ever make in like healthcare, like I am, but they don't have the space in their mind to like, remember, here's the four stretches that we're going to do that makes your back feel really good. Now here's the five exercises that we're going to do to get your core really strong get your legs strong, give you nice shapely legs, glutes, all that stuff. They're like, yeah, I don't remember <laughs> any of this stuff. That's your job. And I was like, awesome. I love that job. Let's go. Well, absolutely. And that that's part of the reason why I love coming to the office back to function because of the, what you, what you really offer Chad is this power of specificity, right? Like you, you're so specific on the needs of, I'm just going to use me, for example, like you know, I have very specific needs. I, I'm really trying to work on this adductor issue and on this this core issue. And I want to get back to to jumping, right? And it, and it, 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 part of my frustration is I can't jump the way I used to jump. But what you the way you design your workouts, it's so specific that it's it it, it helps me to stay inspired with my workouts, right? Because as we grow older, right, the age process, the aging process, it can it can be frustrating. We can't really like, you know, I watch you deadlift sometimes. I'm like, man, I, can I deadlift like that? I don't know if I can anymore. You know, I gotta, I gotta like change my approach a little bit. Talk, talk a little bit about that. Talk about how you evolve your approach with people as they age. Yeah. I, I actually love this question because when I first got into uh, performance training, uh, I was, I had a really different, different evolution than a lot of trainers that, that a lot of trainers have. My brother was a pro hockey player. So when I graduated from chiropractic college in, um, in 98, he was already uh, an NHL player. He had been drafted uh, by the Chicago Blackhawks in 94. 
And uh, I was uh, I was basically doing like certified like my certified strength conditioning specialty, and uh, we started doing um, you know even before that I guess it's even before that I got to rewind the clock for that. Me and my brother would go to the gym together. We trained at the local YMCA in a little 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 city, uh, uh, really Ontario in Canada, and uh, he would go and he just ride the bike because he was a hockey player, and I would go. I, you know, squats, deadlifts, bench press, all the big lifts. Cause I was shot by discus tour. I need to be big. I need to be big, strong, powerful. He just wanted to be like fit. He'd ride the bike. And his first year in Chicago, they told him, Hey, listen, you know, like, uh, you know, we like you, you're tall, lanky, but you're not big enough. You're not strong enough. And he was like six, three, probably 200 pounds. Right. So he got sent down to the minors. He spent the whole year in the minors and the next summer. He said, Hey, listen, I think I should start doing uh, lifts like you do. I was like, mm-hmm. great, let's, let's work out together. This will be fun. You know, two brothers working out uh, together at the YMCA. So, so we started working out together and he went back to the Chicago's camp at about 2.15, pretty muscled up. And they're like, yeah, that's more like it. And, uh, you know, from there, like he was always like really into, okay, you're going to do all my programs from now on. You're setting up all my off-season <laughs> programs, semi-in-season programs. So my very first client was basically an NHL player, my brother, right? So then other, other players started seeing him show up to camp and like, you know, he was super jacked, super fit, looked great, always in unbelievable shape, you know, really cared about his nutrition. We did a lot of nutrition stuff. He was doing supplements, the whole thing. So all these other players, not all these other players, but other, his teammates started saying, Hey, what are we, uh, how could I get into this training program that you're in with your brother? The next thing I know, I have a group of NHL players. They're, you know, kind of under my guidance and I'm doing their fitness and I'm doing their strength and conditioning and I'm doing their nutrition stuff. So I kind of started in, in that realm, uh, working with uh, pro guys. Uh, so for me, I started with pro guys and worked my way back to working with youth. And I love working with like the younger kids. It's so fun, mm-hmm. right? Like working yeah. with like a 13 to 17, 18 year old kid. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they have, you can mold them so much and give them so many tools that they don't already have. Uh, so for me, that's like, like to me, that's like my golden group. I love working with those youngsters. Uh, but it's, it's, so it's funny to work your way back from like pro down into college junior and then into like the youth people. Um, but, uh, you know, I think the biggest thing for me was performance training. We, I want to make everybody bigger, stronger, faster, bigger, stronger, mm-hmm. faster, mm-hmm. bigger, stronger, faster. So I, I would turn guys into, I mean, you know, and I'm not, I'm saying this in a negative way and it's going to seem like I'm bragging about it, but I'd turn, I would turn guys into Adonis's. I mean, there's pictures of guys that I was training back in like, uh, you know, the early, early to mid 2000s. These guys were ripped, right? They were just like their abs and huge legs and great pat. They looked unbelievable. But the only problem is we were missing an ingredient was the injury prevention strategy, right? These guys were having injury issues, uh, whether it be like unstable shoulder or like hip impingement and all these things that, you know, just kind of came onto the scene, especially in the hockey world. Um, we started seeing like, uh, these, uh, these labral tears in, in the hips with that hip impingement. And we started seeing shoulder instability where they're having labral tears in their shoulders and they were requiring surgery for this stuff. So that's where you have to say to yourself, okay, wait a second, we're building these, like what look like indestructible forces and these athletes, but they're having all these like nuisance injuries that sometimes were resulting in surgeries. What are we going to do about it? So that's where we had, I ha- I personally had to really figure out how to fill in the gap in this performance training uh, model and really start working rehab into the performance training aspect of working with athletes. And I think that's where I became really good. So even though I was working for pro teams uh, like the Edmonton Oilers, 
uh, and some of these other teams and working with these athletes, it wasn't until I understood that the rehab concept had to be interlaced with the performance training concept. And once I got good at that, uh, that's when I think I really did a good job working with athletes, right? So uh, you've probably seen this a little bit in my evolution because we've been together for a long time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Is, uh, is now when you come in and train with me, the first sometimes 10 to 15 minutes are repositioning strategies and hip mobility exercises and rotator cuff uh, activation strategies. And um, so therefore, you're not just coming in to try to get bigger, stronger, faster. We're trying to make you uh, durable and indestructible. And, the, and as an athlete, I think that's maybe the most important part now. Your whole approach has been to like put armor on your athletes, right? Yeah. Like how we can develop our own armor with our own muscular muscular system and with our own these these little posture postural pattern reaching patterns and all this all these things that you've come up with is kind of developing this pre um, this preventative kind of measures that you that we can take before we go into the big lifts, right? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I love saying that too. I love saying I'm, we're putting armor on you right now. Right. Yeah. Cause as an athlete, sometimes you're like, man, why am I doing these little, you know, repositioning exercises? Like what's this really going to do for me? And uh, when we talk about uh, uh, like adductor strains, like groin strains and hip flexor strains and uh, sports hernias and ab tears, man, if we can get position and we can get athletes in a more neutral position when they're at rest, it's a huge, huge factor in performance training because adductor strains, hip flexor strains, ab tears, sports hernias, these are huge problems that takes, they, they take athletes off of the, off the ice, off the field, out of the sand, you know, whatever your modality is. So if we can give these athletes a chance to stay healthy and therefore perform day after day after day, practice more uh, and compete more, then we're doing a great job with these people, right? Because the bottom line is uh, what you do in the gym doesn't really make you a better athlete. It's what you, for you at Beach Volleyball, it's what you do in the sand that's making you a better athlete. So I need to figure out what I can do for you to keep you in the sand and healthy and therefore practicing and playing at a higher level, right? Uh, So, yeah, so for me, you know, just to complete the picture, my evolution as a trainer went from performance training. And then once we started to really lace in all this rehab stuff that we do now, uh, then I think we have a really complete program and that's where, you know, like we, we can brag, I can brag about some of my athletes that have, have just absolutely crushed it in games played in the last, like, you know, you know, 10, 15 years. I mean, they're at the top of the, of the league as far as the most games played for their teams and the, the fewest games missed to injury. Those are like, to me, those are like really exciting stats. And I know as a, as a sports person, most people are like, well, that sounds boring. What are you talking about? you know, what about just goals and, uh, you know, wins or whatever it is, the sport that you're, that you're looking at. But for me, it's like, man, if you missed very, very few of your potential performances because you barely ever were injured and I'm your trainer, I'm really proud about that. That's like a huge deal to me. Right. Um, decreasing injuries for our athletes is just a massive, massive, like uh, bonus for us. When we, when we see an athlete that can stay healthy for, uh, you know, for most of the season, if not all the season, that's like, you know, I, I, I like that. That's what I'm looking for. And let's talk about pushing yourself, right? Is it possible to overtrain Chad? And how do you know if you're overtraining? Yeah. Yeah. The, the whole overtraining concept I think is, um, is a still a little bit under researched. 
Um, and I, I think, again, this is where I think we, um, you, you need a, you need somebody monitoring your progress, right? Like yeah, we, yeah. there's, there's, we, so for us, it's a feedback loop system, right? I mean, I mean, let, let's be honest. The, the first thing we do when you walk in the door is like, Hey Wex, how you feeling today? Right. That's like step one. It's like, you know, if, if you're coming in and you're, man, I'm looking, I'm looking at, you're looking at the ground and you're not feeling good. And, you know, I can't, I'm not sleeping, you know, I can't sleep. I have all these problems going on in my life. Uh, you know, I'm not eating, you know, I'm not, I, I, you know, maybe I'm using alcohol. These are like ma massive red flags, right? We have a huge problem here in this athlete and there's no way we can push this athlete in any way, shape or form. We got to get this athlete some recovery, some rest, uh, maybe some sports psychology, right? Um, so that's like, for me, overtraining one-on-one, right? Is just talk to your athlete, figure out what's going on with them mentally. But then the second thing for us is performance training um, the parameters, right? Like we, I think one of the things that we really like to do is we test our athletes and we have a baseline on them, right? Kind of like uh, for concussions, they have a cognitive baseline. So if an athlete takes a shot to the head, okay, retest, let's, let's look at cognitive assessment. Let's see how they're doing. Um, and they're, and until they're back to their baseline, then they can't compete in a, in a, an aggressive environment. So for us, we look at it like, okay, we have these fitness parameters. So we can watch our athletes perform some of these parameters that they've been working on for the past month or so. And if we see a big drop in the numbers, we know we're getting into an overtraining zone, right? Like, so what, think, what do you mean? What, what, sorry, what do you mean by parameters? Can you break that down? Well, you mentioned the, a machine that we use called the Tendo. I love using the Tendo. I think the Tendo is yeah. a really useful tool because uh, a lot of times if we're, in like, uh, if we're in a power phase for our athletes, a power speed phase, uh, one of the things we do as we're going through the warm-up is we start actually testing them on the Tendo. And we know what numbers they can usually produce as far as power and wattage, right? Yep. So yep. if you come in and uh, you're, you're looking a little tired and we start doing some lifts and your wattage is way down, let's say you're down by more than 15, 20%. We know this is not going to be a power speed day, right? Because you're just not nervous system wise, you're not able to perform at the level that we're used to seeing out of you. So this is how we can, this is how we can avoid overtraining in our athletes okay, we're going to do something different today. Maybe this is going to be a rehab day. We're going to do repositioning strategies. We're going to work on hip mobility. We're going to work, work on rotator cuff. Maybe we'll just work on some easy endurance kind of stuff, you know, like some tempo type runs. But, um, you know, on, a, on an athlete that's coming in fatigued uh, that, that has already gone through a warm up that you think is ready to perform nervous system wise, but they're just not up for it for the day. You just go in a different direction. And I, you, you mentioned it. You said, listen, like every day is a different day. So when people say, well, what do you have, uh, what are you going to do with me if I come see you? It's like, I have no idea. It depends what you look like, right? So that's why I say, like, we have a baseline mm. of things that we want to do with an athlete, but that could totally get thrown um, out the window and go in a different direction based on how the athlete's performing. So these fitness parameters end up being really powerful tools as a, as a trainer, uh, especially somebody that's really interested in performance, because we can for the most part, avoid overtraining on our athletes because we're monitoring them so closely. Um, and I think that's, uh, that's like, a, for me, from a fitness training standpoint, that's a key piece to training athletes is there has to be checks and balances. And we need baseline testing probably at least once every month or so, just so we have something to compare our athletes to. So we know what we're dealing with nervous system wise, because the reality is when we're working with athletes, we're not training muscles, we're training the nervous system. So if the nervous system isn't ready to compete on that day, we have to go in a different direction. Or sometimes we might have an easier workout plan, but the athlete comes in and they are fired up. Their nervous system's just humming. 
okay, let's use that. This is the day that maybe we go for a, you know, a personal best on something because that athlete's ready to go. They're peaking. They've hit that peak. So we can really kind of tap into that to see if we can bump that nervous system uh, uh, facilitation even a little bit higher. Man, loving this, Chad. This is great. You're on fire right now, bro. <laughs> I want to talk a little bit about the knees over toes school of thought because we okay. talked about that um, quite a bit. And um, man, I'm forgetting his name right now, but the knees over toes guy, um, he kind of introduced this, this idea of, which is a new school thought, whereas like your knee, if you're doing like a lunge or a squat, your knee would actually go past your, your ankle and your toe, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right? That way. I want to ask you about that because that's kind of a new school thought. And, you know, you have me, you have uh, some of that implemented in some of my workouts. Talk about that as a specific thing related to this new school energy of training, this new school approach where it's more integrated, you're doing more postural stuff, you're doing more breathing stuff, maybe using, using more band work, you know, but it's, it's like this evolution of training. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's like this new school thought processes are, are, are coming into, into play more. I feel like. Yeah. I mean, I, I, let's look at the knees over toes specifically. Yeah. Um, the bottom line is when you're, excuse me, when you're competing um, in a sport, a lot of times your knees are in all kinds of funky positions. I mean, look at beach volleyball for crying out loud, right? You, if we, if we record a beach volleyball, we record you playing beach volleyball and we watch where your knees going, man, you are not, <laughs> you are not knees over your ankles, like a traditional squat for most of the time you're on the, on the sand. I mean, you're, you're torquing, you are, uh, you're changing positions so frequently that I think we need to train our athletes for all these different positions they're going to be in and the positions they're going to be in are going to be, um, you know, multiplied by hundreds, right? So just doing traditional deadlifts and squats where we're strengthening just kind of in that real controlled range, uh, it it looks good and it feels good for athletes because it's easy for them. But the reality is athletes are in all kinds of different positions and they need to train in those positions. Now, with that being said, do we want to do heavy loading in some of these like um, knees over toes positions? Probably not, right? We probably don't want to load heavy, you know, heavy weights in some of these positions uh, because then I think we're going to go into some overload strategies where we might be stressing the joints uh, too aggressively. But just being able to go into these positions, I mean, let's 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 just take athletes out of it. Just the everyday person. I mean, you know, the pe- the way people get hurt typically is they they do something they're not used to doing. Like uh, right. They, right. they have to they have to rush through the crosswalk because uh, the the light's turning red, right? And oh right. man, I got to run. And oh, I felt something in my calf, or you know, I started playing pickleball and uh, I strained, <laughs> I strained a muscle. You know, that's right. People are doing things they're not used to doing. So I think from a training standpoint, we want to put position, we want to put people in as many positions as we can, so that when they do find themselves in that position, whether it's running across the street to beat the red light on a crosswalk, or I decided to try to play pickleball on the weekend, they've probably seen that position in a in a fitness training uh, workout with us. So the chances of them getting injured are a lot less, right? So I think the knees over toes, I think the beauty of, of what that guy, I can't remember his name either, what he's trying to do is he's putting people in those positions that maybe they're not used to. Now he's really extreme about it. And most of us will never be as good as the guy that invented that technique and the knees over toes stuff because obviously he's putting a ton of time into it. And um, you know he says that he used to be like a terrible athlete and now he's like amazing. So that's probably not gonna happen for all of us, right? That we just start doing these exercises and we'll become amazing athletes. And we'll be able to dunk. I would love to be able to dunk, but um, (laughs) 
right now I'll just settle for touching the rim. But the, <laughs> um, but the, uh, but the, the, I think the beauty of what he's doing is like, yeah, train positions, train as many different positions as you can find yourself in. And then you probably won't be surprised when you get into that position, uh, doing something that maybe you don't anticipate coming your way. Right. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's great. And, and I, I actually wanted to personally thank you for showing me the dynamic warm up years ago. And I want, I want to talk about this for just a second, because this is relatable to anyone, whether you're an athlete or if you're not a competitor, just to do dynamic stretching is so powerful. I just did my sequence down on my, on my walk earlier today and I just feel better. I, I immediately feel better. Like my, I, I had a little twinge in my lower back that went away. Talk about the, that, that, well, first of all, talk about the importance of flexibility, no matter what your goals are and talk about that dynamic warmup and how powerful that is. Yeah. The dynamic. So th this is where I was lucky, even though I was a big shot put discus guy, right? Big feller um, on the track team, the track athletes, I mean, the, the sprinters and the jumpers, they move, they move so beautifully. Right. So I was on a, a really good high school track team. My high school track coach, Ian McMillan, uh, love the guy just so far ahead of his time. And uh, he would all have us all in the wintertime, right? You, you know, I'm up in Canada. So it's, we got, we got tons of snow outside. You can't go outside and throw the shot put in the discus. And we didn't have the kind of facilities where you could throw indoors, right? So mm -hmm. we would do all this indoor training and we do all this, um, you know, we do like plyometrics and we do this dynamic warm up. So I started doing, and you feel silly when you're in high school trying to be like a cool guy in high school and you're doing all this skipping and jumping and, you know, all these funny movements. But the more you do it, the more you realize it's like, man, I, I'm getting more athletic. And it was a cool thing because I played other sports. I went to a small high school. So you kind of played every sport. So I'm doing this dynamic warm up kind of stuff. And then I'm, man, I'm a little springer for sports like basketball. And, you know, believe it or not, I even played volleyball. You know, I don't, I don't talk to you very much about that because I don't want you to <laughs> invite me out and crush oh, me on the sand. But, but the, uh, but, but anyhow, so you get this really cool like warm up pattern and it just got stuck in my head. So then I went off to the University of South Carolina, and of course we're doing stuff like that as part of our warm up, and you just feel athletic. And I just, you know, it's funny you you asked me that question last week. I kind of have like uh, you get ideas in your head, and um, you know, so I pulled out the hurdles. I put the hurdles in the middle of the gym, and uh, you know, people that were able bodied to do it, they come in and they're man, what are these hurdles doing out? So you'll see. So we started doing our hurdle mobility warm up, right? So I worked the mobility part into this that you asked about. So people like that haven't seen it before, are like, man, what, what am I doing? It's like, no, I'll, I'll show you. Okay. I'll show it. So if I can do it, you can do it. So I started doing it and uh, people get into it and they start having fun because it starts yeah. feeling like you're just a kid again. Right. Yep, you're just doing the right. stuff that kids do. You're just jumping and, you know, climbing over things and skipping around. And, you know, it's funny how some people lose the ability just to skip. Like skipping is like a really beautiful functional pattern that uh, of course we do a ton as a kid just to kind of get from one place to another in the playground. But as you get a uh, you know older, you well, you don't want to skip because you look silly. But I think part of like a good fitness training program is the sillier it looks, probably the better it is. Right? <laughs> and I'm not talking about standing on on you know you know balls and like you know taking a chance and falling and hitting my head on the ground. I'm talking about just like skipping and jumping over things and climbing over things. I think those are really like really great functional patterns uh, that improve hip mobility, they improve core stability, and they're just freaking fun. And when people get through the, the, our little hip or our little, our, our little hurdle mobility warm up, you can see it in their face. They're like smiling and laughing because they're like, man, this is hard, but it was fun hard, right? Not just like, I'm going to show you some yoga stretches hard, right? Which isn't quite as much fun. Not that there isn't a great value in it too, but, 
Uh, so it's 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 kind of well timed that you asked me that because a lot of people, um, if they if they listen to this podcast, they're like, yeah, I was doing those hurdles last week. So I, a lot of people got to see it. I just left them out there, right? It's like let's just throw the hurdles at people and see what how people respond to it. No, I love it. And all this stuff, Chad, everything that we're talking about here today really leads back, not just about staying inspired, but for me, one of the the, the biggest goals I have personally and for all the people that I work with and for my family is this idea of unrestricted movement. That's a great goal to have, to have no pain and to be able to move. That is such a blessing. Right. And like, like you, you help so many people just accomplish that. Like that is such a great goal. Like, man, I want to have unrestricted movement, you know? Yeah. That's where, like, I really think like for us, you know, one, you know, this one side of our office is treatment rooms. Right. And a lot of people, that's where they start. They come in and, oh man, I got back pain. I got shoulder pain. I got neck pain, whatever it is. We start them on that side, right? We got treatment. We're doing soft tissue work. We're doing chiropractic adjusting on them. We're getting them moving, getting the joints moving. We're getting rid of some of those joint restrictions. You just brought it up. But what we really want to do is in those treatment rooms, we want to get them over to the other side, the rehab yeah. side. We want to get yeah. them moving. So it's not just me doing stuff to them, but they're doing stuff to themselves. And I think that's a really powerful tool. That active care model is uh, is something that was really kind of like uh, ingrained into me. I had some really good professors going through chiro uh, chiropractic college way back in the day. But the treatment room is just to get you back into the gym or get you back on the ice or back out in the sand or back on the court, right? So, um, you know, for us, it's obvious that that's the way our office set is set up because the gym, um, you know, is a, is a big component to our uh, to our our setup in our office, yeah. right? Yeah. And you know, and you know, you know that. Let's let's move into breath work and Pilates. I, I got to get to the Pilates. But but before we talk about Pilates, talk about breath work, talk about the importance of it and any specifics you want to get into with breath work, specifically for people who are like, they hear that word breath work, which is kind of a keyword now, right? And they're like, okay, what does that really mean? I'm breathing all the time. It's, you know, talk about the like the importance of specific breath work. Yeah, I mean, there's different ways we could we could take this conversation, and this could be a really long conversation too. Um, there's the work uh, um, from Patrick McCowan, I think he's in Ireland, where he talks a lot about like breath holding techniques. Uh, it's a lot. It's a lot different than the Wim Hof stuff, and uh, we would use that for our athletes. And I think we've done this a little bit with you uh, when you come to some of our uh, our field based workouts. But we do a lot of this breath holding. Uh, you know, the idea, real quick, is just basically uh, letting the body uh, kind of deal with more carbon uh, carbon dioxide load in right, the blood right. so yep. that you therefore become better at oxygen saturation. We'll even get kind of fancy. We'll have a little, uh, um, uh, what do you call it, a, a pulse uh, oximeter on mm -hmm. their finger where we can look at the oxygen saturation rate. Uh, and our, we challenge our athletes, see if you can drop that, that oxygen saturation down into the 80s. I've seen some of our higher level athletes that, of course, like they're really successful, they can get into the seventies. Don't ask me how they do it. I mean, I literally, if I go into like an 88 or an 89 on oxygen saturation, I literally feel like I'm really losing my ability to keep performing whatever task, even if it's just walking or, a, or, or a slow jog. But I've seen some of my athletes see their, see their numbers fall into the seventies on it. Don't ask me how they keep performing. I guess that's why they're professional athletes, right? Is they can, they can compete at that such a high level, even in the absence of oxygen. Right. So so, yeah, so anyway, yeah. that's one way we can go with like, you know, breath work. Um, that's different than probably what a lot of people would anticipate when they hear breath work 
They're probably mm -hmm. thinking more like yoga or meditation and stuff like that. The other thing that we really love doing in the office is this postural restoration concept. Right, right, yeah, yeah. This Talk is about a, that. Yeah, this yeah. is a group out in uh, out in uh, uh, Nebraska. Uh, a really, really cool concept, but it's repositioning the body and letting air kind of travel through different zones in the body that sometimes it doesn't get to. And again, mm. that's a concept that most people, and it's real foreign to them when they first come in the office. First thing we do with people that are coming in for an eval is we do posture pictures, right? And we show them, okay, posturally, look at this. You have a right shoulder that's a little bit, it's a little bit down and forward compared to the left side, right? And your pelvis will rotate a little bit right um, when we look at you uh, from a postural standpoint. And the reason they're doing that is just posturally speaking, it's just easier for them to drive air into that left upper chest wall than it is into the right side. So that right side comes forward, even in a left-handed person, because a lot of people would say, well, I'm right-handed, that's why. Even in left-handed people, we'll see this posture. And a lot of times what, we're, what we need to focus on posturally is to drive air into that right anterior chest wall. And it really helps kind of open up that right shoulder and right chest and starts to bring balance to that thoracic uh, rib cage cavity, right? And we see a lot of postural asymmetry, even in people that don't have a known scoliosis, uh, we see a lot of postural asymmetry and we're really working hard on bringing some neutrality to that to that body and part of bringing neutrality to that body is driving air into places that it doesn't get to as as easily or as frequently and um, so that posture restoration concept that we use uh, not a lot of people are using it so it, it you know it's it's it makes us rather unique uh, but we love adding that into a routine for people that we're trying to get out of out of pain and athletes as far as their prehab or their rehab part of their of their training strategy. Is that postural uh, uh, the issue? Is is that are you seeing that in a lot of people? I noticed that, you know, I'm I, we're sitting obviously right now, but the sitting, you know, being in traffic, yeah. you know, yeah, like yeah, it, yeah. it just makes us all kind of like it's it's kind of an issue right now. We're all on our phones like the, the talk about posture for a second and how we can be aware, uh, better aware of our posture and what we can do, like maybe engage our core, pinch our shoulder blades back a little bit, like any practical advice for posture. Yeah, posture is a biggie in, in our office and a lot of the a lot of the problems that we see that are chronic in nature are uh, posturally generated. So. Uh, this is this is, a, this is a big component to our evaluation for people is postural assessment. Mm -hmm. And um, we are we are constantly working on postural correction for people. And it's not just about pulling your shoulder blades back because that's not realistic, right? And most of us don't have the strength to sit with our shoulder blades back unless we've worked really hard on getting that strength. So people can do this for a couple minutes, but after a couple minutes, no chance they're going to be able to hold it any longer, right? right? And right. they'll kind of go back into that kind of that ogre position that they're getting stuck in because they're using, like you said, technology, they're on their computer and on their phone and driving and eating and everything is going forward, 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 forward. So, so again, so we need to incorporate postural correction exercises in people's daily routines. And uh, the more they do it, the better they get at it. And the next thing they know, they start seeing some postural unwinding, right? We'll see postural correction. So posture is a really big deal. Uh, I think for a lot of people with chronic pain, and um, it kind of fits in with that whole breathwork model. Like, what are we going to do about it? We give people lots of take-home exercises to do postural correction. And uh, the people that really kind of dial into it and they get it, man, they see some massive changes to their posture, right? Me right? Too. And then next thing, yeah. next thing you know, somehow you're fixing a knee problem that mm -hmm. you had no idea was connected to your posture, right? 
So sometimes we'll see that, we'll see that that knee position is a product of a postural uh, abnormality. So as we start to correct some of that position, that knee changes a few degrees, it's, it's angle at rest. And wow. the next thing you know, it's like, man, my knee doesn't hurt anymore. Do you think it has something to do with those postural exercises? Bingo. Right, right. Yeah, the kinetic chain all kind of fits yep. together. It's really cool. Right, right. Well, speaking of posture, Pilates really, really helped me. And, you know, Whitney, shout out Whitney. Let's go, Whitney. Uh, Whitney really helped me um, to prep for your workouts. <laughs> Talk yeah. a little bit about your experience with the Pilates and, and how that's being applied to the new school, right? We were talking about this new school foundational kind of training. It definitely helped with me and it continues to help with me. I wish I started a long time ago with Pilates, but yeah, talk about your experience with Pilates and how it continues to help. Yeah. So for me, um, so Whitney is a, uh, is the daughter of a hockey agent that I'm, uh, that I'm friends with as a client of mine. And we've kind of known each other through the years. So he, uh, he wanted her to come in and, and see me for, uh, an injury of, of, uh, kind of cr uh, chronic in, in nature. And uh, we kind of talked one day and we we're talking about, she was like, yeah, you should come do Pilates with me. I have a Pilates studio at, at uh, in Redondo beach. And I kind of scoffed like, oh, okay, I'll do Pilates. Right. She goes, right. what are you, what? Are you serious? You need to come do the workout now. Yeah. And I, so I kind of felt challenged. I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll, okay. All right. I'll come do it. Yeah, it's fine. I mean, you know, I was kind of thinking yeah, I'll do one and like, just say I've done it. So that way I can tell my clients, yeah, I did Pilates one time, you know, and 10 minutes in, I was like, oh man. I need this really bad. I need this. I need to open up my hips. I need that lower abdominal wall. I need my core stronger. Everything about Pilates on the reformer I needed. There wasn't anything that I did that I was like, oh, I'm amazing at this. Everything I did, I was like, oh, wow, I'm not very strong. So I'm a guy that can deadlift a ton of weight. But the next thing I know, I'm trying to move my big body around on the reformer. And I'm finding <laughs> out how truly weak I really am, right? Yeah. So, yeah. you know, for me, I, I worked with her for quite a while at her studio. And we just started talking so much about concepts and like, you know, uh, Pilates and, you know, Pilates in a healthcare model. And uh, next thing we know, you know, she's joined the back to function team. And uh, just what an asset for us. Like talk about a game changing asset to our business model, uh, you don't know what you're missing uh, if you're not doing this like Pilates work, right? You just don't know what you're missing. So uh, like guys like you, they get it, you know, you get your body, you're, you're savvy, right? So you come in, you do your Pilates for 45 minutes and you work with me for 45 minutes. You leave tired, I get it, but mm -hmm. you leave really put together, right? Like your system is, is humming by the time you leave. And a lot of our like a higher level athletes or people that just want high performance, even if they're, they're not an athlete per se, but everybody's an athlete, right? We talked about this. Um, the people that incorporate the Pilates and the fitness training and the chiropractic and everything together, man, they really get the beauty of back to function and what we're, what we're doing over there. Well, huge shout out to Whitney Salser Sulentor. Come on, Whitney. I mean, honestly, she's changed my life. Like, you know, and the word that comes to mind is integration, right? She helped me really integrate my lower extremities, my upper extremities, my core, my my breathing, and my mind. It's all one, right? Yeah. It's this, this idea of unity before I get to the real specifics. And it and even before like I really get going on some of the other stuff that we talked about, some of that performance training, that Pilates is key. And I just I just am very thankful to have um all of her knowledge. And she's great at instruction too. 
Um, but that 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 knowledge base of integrating your body, right? And integrating well, think, your breath. I think the thing that gives her a huge advantage, right, is uh is she's a, a SMU volleyball player. I mean, she was an <laughs> right, athlete, right. she played at Miracosta. Yeah. She played at SMU, um, was a really hardworking athlete. So she understood what it took, you know, to kind of like really kind of make the body work together. Yeah. And then, you know, with all her Pilates training, as she takes that athletic approach, again, which fits in perfectly with the back to function model, is she takes kind of that athlete approach into Pilates and like talk about a different type of experience that you have uh, working with her uh, compared to maybe somebody else in the community. And she also has really integrated this posture restoration concept. She's one of the very few reformer Pilates instructors that did posture restoration training. Uh, it was a course offered in Chicago. She did some work with, uh, with uh, the people in Chicago and it's not even a course that's offered anymore. So other people can't even really copy off her and like try to figure out what she's doing. So like talk about a game changer there too, because she understands some of these things we talk about with that shoulder position or the pelvis position. Yeah. She gets that asymmetry of the body and can deal with that on the reformer. And for me, that's my favorite place to do it. I mean, I, I show people posture extra, restoration exercises all the time, whether it be against the wall or on a mat, but on the reformer, it's fun, especially if you're a little more athletically inclined because you're pushing against the springs. So you're, you have the spring challenge when you're trying to get the, get some of these a positional unwinding strategies and for me that makes it way more fun so uh yeah so Pilates for, for me big big part of our concept of back to function and man we are so lucky to have I would say the the most gifted Pilates instructor in the whole area in our facility like you know five days a week right so um yeah to total game changer for us when we added that the Pilates component to what we're doing at back to function uh, we didn't know what we were missing and uh, now I, I feel so blessed that we have that as a, as a component to what we're doing for people. And and do some of the high level athletes use Pilates? Oh yeah. I feel like yeah, that's I, happening more and more, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. There's a, you know, there's a, she's, I mean, just her specifically. I mean, I hear up other athletes doing it, you know, kind of all, all around the, all around the country, but um, yeah, she gets a lot of athletes working with her uh, because they, they get it. I mean, they get it. The body's an integrated system. Yeah. And there's nobody that knows that better than an athlete, right? Especially an athlete's yeah. coming back from an injury. Uh, once part of the system is broken, man, you, you really start to feel disconnected, right? So a lot of athletes are incorporating, you know, kind of like that, that new agey kind of, even though Pilates isn't new, but, you know, it feels like new agey kind of, uh, kind of work. But uh, I know a lot of our athletes, like, uh, they can't get enough of that stuff. I mean, yeah. I'll be honest with you. There's some uh, pro hockey players that train with us. And they really just use the Pilates component because they're mm -hmm. already like training somewhere else because their team dictates that they have to do strength conditioning here or there, but Pilates hasn't, hasn't been incorporated. So they, they have to go find that on their own. So Whitney will have uh, some of the, <laughs> she has one of the, probably the toughest guys in the NHL, you know, he's like one of the most fearsome players in the NHL right now. And it's so funny to see his big, strong body coming in and he's doing the reformer and he's sweating He's complaining about how, how hard it is. Yeah, but man, that, that guy that guy's there all summer. He's training with Whitney all summer. So it's like, you know, if the toughest guy in the NHL is doing Pilates, I think it's it's probably good for all of us, right? So yeah, absolutely. Yeah, shout out Whitney. Um, Chad, I know we're over time a little bit. Do you have a few more minutes? Sure. Okay, cool. I want to get into nutrition because this is like the missing component for a lot of athletes, a lot of people 
right? And even from your side, from a trainer standpoint, it's one thing that you really can't control, <laughs> you know, like you can give us suggestions, you know, but it's like, hey, I, hopefully you, you you follow these, right? Um, talk a little bit about the missing component of nutrition, how it fits into this big picture of being the best version of yourself, right? Not just doing all this stuff that we're talking about with this programming, but like, how do you how do you fuel your body and really listen actually really listen to your intuition because your intuition is going to really tell you what it really needs right right yeah yeah nutrition's a big one right i mean it's i think more people are starting to get hip to nutrition but it's still a little bit underrated um the problem with nutrition that you get i think especially in the sports world is there's so many like uh trends right, right. you don't know yeah, which, yeah, yeah. you don't know what you don't know what trend to follow so i loved what you just said i mean you got to follow your intuition right athletes are becoming a lot savvier on what they really need um so you have to really follow your intuition on that right it's not about like like trying to find a magic pill or a potion it's about consistency right nutrition is all about consistency uh, I think, again, this is where we're lucky because we get to work with, you know, we, uh, the the doctors at Back to Function, we feel like we're, we're good at nutrition, right? We, we we read articles, you know, we we recommend supplements, we recommend like nutrition approaches for people, but we have help, right? We have people that we can refer to that are legitimately just working with nutrition. They're not worrying about performance training. They're not worrying about being good chiropractic adjusters or good at soft tissue work. Uh, they're just worried about nutrition. So we find that, that what helps us a lot is we have really good referral sources for nutrition that we use outside of our, our back to function community. And I think that's really, really powerful, right? It's like, as, as hard as we try to be all things to all people, we have to bring in help. We have to bring in experts, right? And we have, we have some really good nutrition uh, resources that we use. I mean, you know, one of the things we actually uh, in our office is our uh, Pilates instructor, Whitney, actually is doing nutrition coaching now. Nice. And um, so we're Whitney. using her, we're using her for nutrition. And then we have some outside resources too. Uh, you know, people that will look at uh, the, you know, look at the blood work component. I think that's a big thing in like the functional medicine approach, right? Is uh, we can order blood work on people. We evaluate the blood work. Uh, we have a nutrition coach who will look at that blood work with us and make recommendations based on that. I know you've, you've experienced that in the past with, uh, with our friend, Lisa Rado. Let's go Lisa. Rado nutrition, right? So let's I'll go her name out there is, yeah. um, that blood work component's pretty powerful too. Cause you get to see little, you get to see little holes that maybe you, 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 you didn't know were there. Right. And I think, I think blood work is one of those things. It's a little bit of a mirror to our health. Right. So if we're having some issues. We can find them and address them before they become big problems. And I think that's the advantage of doing uh, the blood work and kind of incorporate that into nutrition. So, yeah, so we can get, we can get fancy with nutrition, uh, but there's real basic stuff too, right? I mean, most athletes aren't eating enough protein, which is crazy because like you think about it, it all you think about when you think about athletes is protein, but then a lot of our athletes are, uh, are getting stuck on these like concepts where they're not eating enough protein. So I think that's a big one. And it's not just about supplementing protein. Of course, we'll supplement protein with like good protein powders. Like we use a bone broth protein that's really good, but you have to eat protein, right? You have to get protein in your diet. I think that's the, I always tell athletes, the best thing you can do is get most of the things you need actually from the foods that you eat. And then we'll cheat a little bit with supplements over top of the nutrition, but the foods are the most important part. And then there's the hydration component too, right? Are, are athletes drinking enough water? I mean, you know, athletes are unfortunately still notorious for like binge drinking, right? Like they, they get to a weekend and they get into alcohol and, 
and uh, they end up dehydrating themselves and they have a bunch of poison floating around in their system. So, you know, we, we have to be realistic on that. We have to like be able to figure out how we're going to rehydrate our athletes if we're going to get them to compete at a top level. And then we have to make sure that they're getting enough minerals in their, in their, in their fluids because a lot of athletes are sweaters, right? They get really sweaty. They lose a lot of sodium, magnesium, potassium, calcium. So we need to like supplement in some of those, uh, some of those uh, minerals too, rather than just drinking just straight up water all the time. I mean, water is still the, great, the greatest thing to drink. But sometimes we'll add mineral supplementation to the water in uh, in uh, some of our athletes that we know are heavy sweaters, um, and that ends up being a real boost too. So there's so many different ways to attack nutrition, right? So that's the way I look at it: is um, we're good at nutrition, but we we have some real ex- experts that we can we can refer to too for nutrition that helps us. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Two points, real quick, on that, and then I want to keep moving. Here is when I did my blood work with Lisa and, and she got me on the program, uh, that was the best shape I've ever been in in my life. Hands down, you know, like that, you know, I was working with you, I was working with her, but I, I got to see the numbers on the blood work. So if anyone's listening out there who's never done blood work, do it, get, get, get your blood work in so that you can see your missing components. Like Dr. Chad is talking about. And then the other, the other thing I wanted to say was you got me on, uh, on, a cycling creatine, which has been very beneficial for me. And I would love for you to touch on BioSteel because that one product that you turned me on to, I recommend that all over the place because no sugar, no caffeine, um, a ton of electrolytes and amino acids. Can you yeah, touch on yeah. that real quick? BioSteel is really big now. I mean, they really blew up, right? When yeah. we started using BioSteel, they're just a small Canadian company that hadn't really hit it very big in the US. But now, I mean, you know, especially if you're watching hockey games, BioSteel is everywhere. It's, I think it's starting yeah. to make make a inroads into the NFL now. Yeah. Uh, so BioSteel is just what I like about it. It's just nice and clean, right? You got the amino acid component to BioSteel, and they throw some electrolytes in there, and then it tastes really good. Like the mixed mm-hmm. berry one, they're like their traditional uh, berry BioSteel is 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 freaking delicious, right? Like yeah. I, I mean, it, it just it makes you drink a lot more water because it tastes so good. Uh, so I think BioSteel is great. The other company that we're using right now, and I'll, I'll give them a, a, a little plug, is Relight. Uh, it's a company called Redmond's, um, the Redmond Salt. They they have a salt mine, and they have a really good electrolyte mix. So we're we're using Relight now. Uh, it has like the the potassium, sodium, calcium, calcium, magnesium component to it. It tastes really good. No sugar. I mean, I think that's the biggest thing is they just don't drink sugar, right? Like if as an athlete you need sugar, but get it from like your fruits. Uh, don't don't add a lot of don't add sugar to things so you like you, some of these drinks these sports drinks that have a lot of sugar in them i just think they're really destructive they're bad for you um they cause problems right so uh, sometimes you need to cheat and get sugar in your system really quick you know because you, you kind of miss some components of your nutrition going into a competition so you need to cheat and get some sugar right away uh, but the reality is we don't want to routinely add a sugar drink to the diet because uh, you should be getting your sugar from things like fruits, right? Like berries yeah. and, and such. So um, so that's why I think that's why the BioSteel, the Relight, those drinks are really good because you don't have to worry about sugar and you don't have to worry about like a caffeine hit. And caffeine can be a real, or, uh, you know, a real aid to some people as far as energy, but routinely you don't want to add caffeine to like a, what we consider maybe a, an energy drink or a recovery drink all the time because uh, everybody's a little bit, has a little different sensitivity to caffeine. Some athletes do really well with caffeine and some athletes do not like the effect they get from caffeine. So uh, as a result, I mean, you could add caffeine to anything that you wanted to, but uh, the two major um, 
uh, recovery drinks that we like to use uh, during competition, during workouts, and after are the Bile Steel and the, and the Relighter, or I think are the two of the better ones right now. Cool. Yeah, yeah. And then just real quick, touch on any weight loss um, advice, and then touch on intermittent fasting. Yeah, okay. Intermittent fasting, I think, is, a, is an amazing weight loss tool. I think intermittent fasting is uh, the people that use it uh, swear by it, right? Because they just feel so good doing it. Um, the, the way that I, I've seen athletes do fairly well in intermittent fasting, depending on their sport, is to do like the, uh, the overnight intermittent fasting where they stop eating at, let's say, like 8 o'clock, which is for some sports impossible. Like hockey is a, a nighttime sport, right? So for hockey that doesn't work in season, but to stop eating at eight o'clock at night and then, you know, go to like maybe eight to 12 the next day um, where they have like a 12 to 16 hour fast. That seems to be really effective for people as far as weight loss. So they only have a small eating window. Um, but the, uh, as far as uh, I think for intermittent, uh, intermittent fasting done that way, there's different ways to do it, but that seems to work really well for people. Athletes are a little different. I mean, athletes, you know, based on their competition schedule, I think intermittent fasting is a little trickier for athletes specifically. Yeah. So I think you have to be a little cautious when athletes start talking about fasting. If they're really interested in weight loss, I think we just need to change their, their, the foods that they're, they're putting in their mouth. Right. And, um, cause most of the time their exercise level is really high, but they might just be picking the wrong foods. Like I I've had, um, you know, athletes in the past that they're like sugar addicts, like just sugar gives them a fix. Right. So they eat a lot of sugar at nighttime. And, um, you know, we, most of us know that's, that's probably not going to be a winning strategy for a long, <laughs> right. for a long-term approach, right. To health. Right. Right. So, I mean, you know, athletes, even though they might look fantastic because they're burning so many calories in competition and in practice, sometimes they still are picking their wrong foods and we have to be uh, conscious of that and make sure that we're, we're kind of getting into that with our athletes so that we can maybe make corrections before they become destructive. Wow. Way to drop some knowledge right there, Chad. Let's <laughs> go, man. Um, wow. What a conversation. Uh, do you have any advice for any other trainers or, or healers out there that might be listening to this? Find mentors, find mentors. I can name my mentors easy. My, my number one mentor, Larry Bell, chiropractor in Aurelia, kind of like my, where my parents live, my hometown. He was my chiropractic mentor, awesome guy. I got to like kind of work around his office just a little bit. He was my chiropractor all through high school. Uh, great guy out here in LA. I got to work with a couple of really good people, Craig Morris, Gary Jacob, uh, two chiropractors that, that I learned a lot of like uh, uh, good things from. And then Joe Horgan, uh, soft tissue center guy uh, who's teaching at the chiropractic college now, uh, the Southern California University of Health Sciences. A fantastic mentor just taught me so many things about diagnosis, patient management, uh, soft tissue skills. I mean, you got to find mentors, right? Like nobody, nobody's going to just do all this stuff on their own. You got to find people that you can learn from, that you can saturate yourself in their world and learn as much as you can from them. And th that was always my thing, right? It's like I wanted, to, I wanted to be great at what I was doing, so I wanted to learn from people that I that I thought were the best in the community. And, um, and I still do that. I'm still going to seminars and workshops and reading books. And like, I'm always trying to learn from other people, man. It's like, there's anybody out there in your community, physical therapist, chiropractor, orthopedic surgeon, um, that wants me to come over to their office and learn from them for the day. I'll, 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 I'll cancel my patients and come learn. I love learning wow. from other people. That's like so powerful for me. 
Um, because once you get busy in practice and you're seeing lots of patients, it's hard to take time out to learn more, right? And yeah, I always want to put I always want to put new pieces of the puzzle in place, right? Because nobody has it all figured out. So the more you can learn from other people, the more pieces of your puzzle that you get to kind of put on the board. So I couldn't agree more, man. I just went to my first TED talk the other night. It was really cool. Um, real quick, how young should kids start lifting and training? Depends on their their maturity. Like I like to say, like uh, most kids, <laughs> we've we've had kids in our office as young as like seven, eight. But the hmm. training is just fun. We're just playing games, right? We're not doing heavy deadlifts with them. They're just we're playing games or we're learning on we're working on patterns, right? So I think the biggest thing is like just teaching kids like uh, fundamentals and then patterning, like a hip hinge, how to hip hinge, how to squat, how to one legged squat, how to lunge how to jump and land correctly. I mean, jumping and landing correctly is the, is the key piece there because everybody knows how to jump kind of, but how do you land, right? Uh, landing is like a skill base. Uh, it's a skill set that, uh, that, that athletes typically will teach themselves, but we can help athletes learn it a little bit faster just by giving them some, like, like some, some basic guidelines, right? Um, but typically, I mean, you're talking about like strength training, like, you know, actually lifting weights with a barbell and a dumbbell. Usually kids are ready around like 13 or so, like they're usually mature enough uh, mentally to kind of like have that mind space to like, cause it's, it's not as much fun as playing games, right? I mean, just going to play a game like right. your sport or just like as a little kid going to the jungle gyms is the, is the best training tool, right? That's where you should do most of your workouts just on a jungle gym or playing with your friends on a, on a playground. But the, uh, you know, once you start like maybe, Let's, let's put it, once you start specializing in a sport at 13 and you want to start doing strength training, then, um, you know, 13 is probably like a good age for that. Some athletes don't, don't really mature until a little bit later. Uh, cause you need to have that, like, um, the ability just to kind of focus on exercises that aren't as much fun as the games that you play, right? Like teaching somebody how to do a hip hinge to do a Romanian deadlift or a deadlift isn't as much fun as playing beach volleyball. Let's be honest, right? right? right for sure. But, but for you sure. see the beauty in it because you you do it and you're like, okay, I see what this, this is going to strengthen my hamstrings and my calves and my feet and my back. And it's going to give me the ability to kind of drive myself down to the ground. So therefore it could improve my vertical jump over a period of time. So you see the beauty of where it would go to, but a, yeah. a younger athlete's not going to see like how it applies, right? A lot of times it's just their parents telling them to do it. So yeah, I always yeah, want to yeah. make sure, I always want to make sure it's the athlete's idea. So if the first, the first question I ask a 13 year old is like, are you, are you happy to be here? Is this something you want to do? Cause if they say yes, and I can feel they're honest about it, then great. This is going to be really fun. But if it's like mom or dad's idea, uh Oh, we might have an issue here. We have to bring the family together. Let's make sure that this is the fair thing for the athlete to do. Right. Cause it has to be, yeah. it has to be something that they want to do. Yeah, no, I, I hear that. And you know, I work with youth athletes and you know, I want, I want all youth athletes to realize that they're inspired athletes from an early age, like that's part of my message, right? And part of that is learning how to move properly, learning alignment, learning integration, learning breathing patterns, learning that all that stuff in a fun way. So that's why yeah. I asked that. Cause I think, I think there's a, there's a value there for sure. Right. Right. Um, biometrics and the future of training, Chad, we haven't really talked about this too much, but I know we kind of joke about blockchain stuff, you know, and, and, you know, crypto and, you know, but, What's on the forefront in my mind is this idea of the metaverse where the technology is just going to get faster. We're all going to be in our computers and phones more. How 
do you see the future of just physical fitness and training? Uh, you know what? This is where, like, this is where I, I, I'm a little bit. Uh, I'll diverge a little bit in that uh, I'm not a big techie guy. I'm just not a big techie guy. Um, it's a, I like the old school approach. I just like just the the basic foundational training concepts. Um, I'm not a guy that walks around wearing a watch that like tracks my heart rate and my you know my oxygen saturation all the time. I'm just not that guy. I've played with all that technology, and I, I don't. I, some of my athletes find it really exciting and they love it. And it's like a big concept and they're always clicking their watch on when they walk in the door and they want to track everything. But, uh, you know, for me personally, I'm just like, that's not my thing. It's like, mm -hmm. um, I'm just a feel guy. I, I like, do I feel good when I do this? Yes or no. And if I say yes, I want, I want more of it. Right. It's like when I do deadlifts, do it, does it feel good? Yeah, it does. Okay. I'm gonna do more deadlifts. I want to, I want to, I want to deadlift like once or twice a week. Does Pilates make me feel good? Yep. I'm going to do it. I'm like a feel guy. What makes me feel good? And same with food, you know, you, you, you pick the foods that make you feel good. Um, so I feel like, uh, you know, my internal biometric um, um, devices are good. Like I, I, my body tells me when I'm doing stuff that's good for me. And my body tells me when I'm doing stuff bad for me, like three or four <laughs> shots of tequila, no good, no good. I don't feel great the next day. So I know right. that's not the way to go, right? right so right. that doesn't mean I'm never going to go there. It just means that I know that's not what's going to do it for me. And it's not going to get me to the that, that next peak that I want to get to. Right. So, um, so yeah, so I'm not a techie guy and it makes me kind of a weirdo because so many of my clients now are, you know, my other docs, like everybody's got the technology going and I'm just like, I use technology for training for feedback loops for my athletes. Um, but I'm not like a tracking guy. I don't track my sleep and all that stuff. And, uh, at this point it's like, I, I kind of feel like I'm like, uh, I'm, I'm a little, I feel a little bit like a, a dinosaur because everybody else knows exactly they know exactly how many hours they slept last night. And guess what? I had a great sleep last night. I feel really freaking good today. So like, that's all I need to know, right? I love it. If you had like one piece of advice for someone out there who is just not inspired and, and you want to inspire them to get back on their fitness journey, what would that be for them? <sighs> one thing. I mean, man, I'm just going to be super cliche about this. Your body is a temple right? And you only get one body. This is it. This is the one body you get, right? With, the, with all the technology that we might have coming in the future. I think this is it. We got to go with what we got. So you better take care of it. Because you can always make more money and lose more money. But man, once your body starts going sideways on you, it's really hard to get it back. So take care of it right away. When you're and as a parent, I'm a parent, teach your kids how to eat healthy, you know, how to take care of themselves how to be emotionally and mentally strong. And, um, you know, so that as they move forward, they're going to take care of the temple too. Right. So, I mean, I think that's a big one. Let's go, man. Last question, Chad, what does fulfillment mean to you? Man, I think, uh, this is like, uh, I feel like I'm going right back to the start is like doing, doing stuff that, that makes you happy. That makes Let's you go. feel, that makes you feel inspired. That makes you feel successful. That makes you feel like you're like a big part of the community. I mean, I think that's a big thing, right? It's like I want to feel like I'm a part of the community. I'm like I'm I'm adding to the success of the community as a whole. And uh, as an entrepreneur, I think that's a big thing. I think what I do, like I really just kind of set up a business that helps people, that makes me feel fulfilled. I think it makes my my employees that work with me, um, they I think they feel great about what we're doing, and then the people that come see us, they feel 
uh, great when they leave. So like, uh, uh, talk about like total fulfillment right there. It's done. Man, let's go, Chad. Wow. We went for a long time today. That was, that was, that was deep. Um, I really appreciate your time today. And, and before I do let you go, I got to read these two things because I did reach out to, to a couple people, Katie Perucci as one of them. And I asked yes. her for a, for a, um, a quote about you. Yeah. This is what she said. Dr. Chad is as determined as I am to make me a better athlete and volleyball player. He designs each workout with expertise and creativity precisely tailored to achieve my sport specific goals. I go into every workout, trusting the work ahead is 100% worth it. And that's Love really it. cool. Yeah, Love man. That. That's Katie, you know, and then the other person I wanted to drop is, is Whitney. I re I reached out to Whitney because, um, you know, she inspires me because she's not only bought into your whole brand, but she just adds so much value to it. So she said, Dr. Chad has the best healing hands. His knowledge of the body is one of a kind. He literally fixes everyone in a timely manner. His approach is always well thought out and unique to every patient. He's the ultimate healer. I love hearing him explain things about the body to patients in the gym because I always learn something when I listen to him talk. He has a great way of explaining the complexities of the body to the everyday person and makes it so simple so everyone can understand what he is talking about. Love that. That's Whitney. Love it. Chad, I just really appreciate you. I'm going to just allow you some time to talk about uh, any of your website, social media, anything you want to promote. Go for it. Yeah, you did it for me, but uh, backtofunction.com is our website. Um, we try to update that with new exercises, kind of talks about like our business strategy, what we can do for people and uh, the kind of people that, that uh, we think are successful in our, in our office, in our facility. And then uh, Instagram, I think, is something that we try to update every day, uh, BTF Doc on Instagram. Um, we try to post, uh, like, you know, Katie is one of my favorite people to post on there, right? She just won our fourth quarter. We do a fitness challenge, a weekly fitness challenge. And she won the fourth quarter. I think she won the first in the fourth quarter. Let's go, you know, Katie. Katie. Katie's a stud. Yes. So she's really fun to work with. But uh, we'll post uh, some of our, our people, some of our athletes, and some of our, our clients on there. They're doing cool stuff. Like right now, I think the thing I have going is uh, one of our hockey kids is playing out in Chicago. Um, he had a goal and two assists as, as player of the game. And his dad was super proud. He sent me the video, and I posted it right away on my, on my uh, BTF talk. It's fun to see, like, uh, you know, the, as an athlete, it's fun to get a little, a little uh, a FaceTime, right? You know, a video or whatever. So, um, so I guess those are the two main things, you know, as far as uh, you know, to follow us. We'd love to see people on there. And you can ask us questions on there or whatever, right? So let's go, Chad. And just, I know I already said this before, but man, you helped change my life, bro. You really did. Like, you just, you were a catalyst of healing for me and you continue to inspire me. And I, I will continue to, rock the shirt and call mm -hmm. myself a BTF like athlete. You know what I mean? And you do, and you do the same, th you do the same, you do the uh, same thing for me. I mean, you, you, with your podcast is awesome. You're always bugging me, man, you should do a podcast, you know, and now <laughs> right. I'm seeing you do it. I'm like, man, he, I, I, Wex is good at this. He's good Thanks, at the man. podcast. And then the book, I mean, it's just, man, you're, I, I just feel like you're living the life, man. You got a, you got a great job. It just looks like everything's going so great for you. And it's just like, you're, you're so positive when you come to the office. It's just so fun to have you even walk in the door, right? So congratulations it, to you, my friend.
Thank you very much. Well, don't go anywhere, but everyone listening, if you made it this far, thank you for being a listener. And uh, hopefully you got a lot of value from this. So please like, subscribe and share. And uh, everyone out there, peace and blessings. Stay inspired.